Chapter 10, Conducting Summative Evaluation and Research, The Final Stage. Abstract. In the evaluation planning stage, refer to Chapter 5, the preliminary plans for the summative evaluation were developed. These plans provide a framework to prepare for and carry out the summative evaluation. Research can also be conducted during the final stage. Summative evaluation occurs at a predetermined point in the WBID lifecycle, usually when major revisions are no longer taking place and the online course has been used by a large number or percentage of the target population. Its purpose is to determine the value and worth of online instruction. Planning, conducting, and reporting summative evaluation and research comprise the last stage of the WBID model. This chapter begins with a description of the purposes of summative evaluation and its main steps, followed by strategies for reporting results. Objectives. At the end of this chapter, you should be able to do the following. Describe the purpose of summative evaluation in the WBID model. Describe the final planning of summative evaluation. Determine basic methods and tools for summative evaluation and research. Develop strategies for analyzing and reporting data. Prepare a report of findings. Introduction. In Chapter 5, we suggested that designers might not conduct all of the traditional phases of formative evaluation, such as one-to-one, small group, and field trials, for all online courses. Similarly, it may not be necessary to conduct summative evaluation for every situation. Summative data are helpful in making decisions about online instruction. However, designers tend to be more interested in collecting formative data than conducting summative evaluations because they prefer to address problems and improve the design of the course early on in the development process. However, despite this, there are situations in which summative evaluation should be planned and implemented, figure 10.1. Summative evaluation is appropriate when stakeholders make decisions about an online course's continuation or document its value or worth. In this chapter, we discuss final planning and reporting for summative evaluation, which is the final stage of the WBID model. We have added the term research to the chapter title because of the strong emphasis on research methodology in summative evaluation. We will use the term evaluator throughout this chapter. As noted in Chapter 5, although summative evaluation is the last stage in the WBID model, its planning began prior to design and development. Among other things, pre-planning allows baseline data to be collected on the existing instruction or program for later comparison with the fully implemented course. In addition, preliminary planning helps identify the main purpose of the evaluation based on the criteria of effectiveness, efficiency, and appeal, and identify potential evaluation methods and tools. At this last stage of the WBID model, summative evaluation plans are finalized and carried out. Summative evaluation is a major undertaking and requires documentation of purposes, data collection, and analysis procedures. The results of the evaluation are recorded and reported to stakeholders so that they may make appropriate decisions about the online instruction. Summative evaluation planning, detailing the process. The main purpose for evaluating online instruction at this stage is to determine 1. its value, 2. its value added, and 3. whether it should be continued, either as is or modified in some manner. The value or worth of online instruction is considered in relation to its goals and content, instructors and learners, and context, refer to Chapter 5, and in terms of its effectiveness, efficiency, and appeal. The following are general, overarching questions for summative evaluation. Have the instructional goals been met? Were the stakeholders satisfied with its outcomes? Was the course cost-effective? And were time efficiencies gained? In addition, evaluators will consider whether the online course was used as it was intended to be used and whether any adaptations were made during implementation, and if so, were the adaptations effective? Table 10.1 presents sample questions that might guide a summative evaluation. The thoroughness in detailing such questions depends on the specific online learning situation and stakeholder requirements. 
It also depends on whether the online instruction as developed using an integrated design and formative evaluation approach, such as concurrent design. Consequently, message and interface design and technical considerations should not be overlooked during a summative evaluation. Even when the online instruction has been formatively evaluated, its present value is based on whether its currency and relevancy have been maintained using similar considerations. A second purpose for conducting a summative evaluation is to determine whether there was a value added as a result of implementing the online instruction. In other words, was value added because of the instruction. Value added occurs when something of significant worth or merit is gained due to the online instruction. The overarching questions related to this purpose are, what might have happened if the online instruction had not been implemented? And, was the individual learner's performance enhanced in some manner because of the instruction and its delivery? For instance, value added would mean that some individuals were able to access and participate in the instruction only because of its online availability. A third purpose is to decide whether the instruction should be continued as is, modified, or discontinued. Typically, this third purpose is relevant within a cyclical maintenance schedule. Not all instruction, including online learning, is meant to last forever. Summative evaluation helps stakeholders decide whether it has served its purpose. If the decision is to continue, additional findings will help the stakeholders decide whether the online instruction can be maintained in its present state or if changes are necessary. Gardenscapes Percy Davis, a doctoral IDT student at Myers University, is hired as a TLDC intern this year. His assignment is to evaluate the CDE online program. Part of his task is to evaluate several online courses that have been offered by CJC over the last three or four years. The Gardenscapes course is one of the courses slated for his evaluation. Callie is still the instructor for this course and provides Percy with the preliminary summative evaluation plans that Elliot drew up during his internship at the TLDC. Refer to the summative evaluation pre-planning in Chapter 5. Percy reviews the plan and develops a list of specific questions for his evaluation of Gardenscapes and the other courses slated for evaluation. He organizes the questions by areas of consideration. Summative Evaluation Planning Detailing the Main Steps The main aspects of the Summative Evaluation Plan are similar to those of the Formative Evaluation Plan. The Summative Evaluation Plan identifies and describes the people, materials, and resources involved, the data gathering and analysis procedures, and the reporting process. The following questions guide this process. Who are the stakeholders? What is being evaluated? Who are the evaluators? What are the evaluation methods and tools? How are data collected and analyzed? How are evaluation results reported? These six questions form the basis for summative evaluation plans. As evaluators address each guiding question, they provide written documentation. One way to document this plan is to write it in a narrative fashion. Another is to use an evaluation planning worksheet, such as the one shown in Figure 10.2. The choice depends on how formal the document must be, who the evaluator and client or stakeholders are, and whether the document will serve as the basis of a contractual agreement between client and evaluator. Who are the stakeholders? As discussed previously, individuals considered part of the stakeholder group include clients, managers, support staff, instructors or trainers, and learners. Depending on when the summative evaluation takes place, an instructional designer may or may not be involved. Generally speaking, the role of an instructional designer may no longer be needed once the online instruction is in full implementation and, consequently, this individual may or may not be a part of the stakeholder group. Individuals with decision-making authority about the online instruction are considered primary stakeholders. Individuals or groups indirectly affected by the online instruction are secondary stakeholders. During summative evaluation, primary stakeholders are those individuals or groups who make decisions about the value, value added, and continuation of the online instruction. Specifically, they may include the administrators and instructors within formal school settings or the managers and trainers within business settings. 
In some situations, the instructor and or trainer has input, but may not make the ultimate decision about continuation of the online instruction. The learners in the online instruction are part of the secondary stakeholder group. Others tangentially associated with the online instruction may include support staff, advisory boards, and, for public PK-12 school systems, parents, state departments of education, and state legislative bodies. In higher education, the legislative bodies and accrediting agencies may be involved indirectly by asking for reports about the curriculum or the programs. If so, they could be considered secondary stakeholders. Other organizations may have secondary stakeholders, such as stockholders for corporations and other business entities, and legislators and taxpayers for the military and governmental agencies. Gardenscapes Continuing with this summative evaluation plan, Percy identified the stakeholders in Gardenscapes. Who are the stakeholders? Primary stakeholders include Callie, the instructor, Carlos Duartes, the TLDC director, and Dr. Catherine Ford, the chair of CDE, or Continuing in Distance Education. Percy is obtaining short bios from each of them and stating in his report why they are the primary stakeholders. Secondary stakeholders include other college administrators, the president of CJC, its board of trustees, the support staff, and the Gardenscapes participants. In addition, some evaluation results may appear in the various reports to supervisory state and accrediting agencies of CJC. What is being evaluated? The second question, what is being evaluated, is asked to determine the focus of the evaluation. In summative evaluation, the focus may be on specific instructional materials and or processes. The instructional materials could involve the instructional content in lectures, reading assignments, and supplementary resources and materials. The instructional processes examined include the instructional activities, such as assignments and assessments, learner interaction, and the feedback provided by the instructor. The media and technology, such as text, graphics, videos, LMS, should be evaluated as well. Although it is necessary to consider the media and technology, Watson and Barker have argued that the primary focus of this evaluation is to be on the content and the instructional quality using the general criteria of effectiveness, efficiency, and appeal. Additional questions, refer to 10.1, help an evaluator identify the appropriate methods and tools for collecting relevant data. Gardenscapes. Continuing with the summative evaluation plan document, Percy identifies the aspects of the Gardenscapes course that are going to be evaluated. What is being evaluated? Gardenscapes is the instructional situation to be examined. Products to be evaluated are the lecture notes and the instructional support materials, directions for activities and assignments, and instructor feedback. Processes to be evaluated are the exercises, discussion activities, and assessments. The graphics, videos, and audio clips will be examined for their quality in promoting and supporting the instruction. Some of the instruments, such as the opinion questionnaire, developed for the formative evaluation will be used with slight modifications. Instructor and learner analytics will be collected by the LMS. The online discussions will also be reviewed to assess the quality of the responses and overall discussion. Who are the evaluators? In Chapter 5, we briefly discussed the qualifications and requirements for evaluators for formative evaluation. These same characteristics are required for the evaluators who conduct summative evaluation. For instance, competent and trustworthy evaluators are particularly important to summative evaluation simply because decisions are being made about the viability of online instruction. Evaluators should have strong public relations skills and possess technical competence, integrity, and prior relevant experience. Again, very few individuals possess all of the necessary requirements needed in a comprehensive evaluation project, so it is more likely that a team will be formed. Evaluator roles depend on the purpose of the evaluation and the activities accomplished to serve that purpose. The role may be to gather information and report findings. In this situation, evaluators describe and explain the evaluation process and results and report them to the decision makers. 
Additionally, they may be asked to make recommendations. In other instances, the evaluators may be called on to provide data and decide whether the online instruction should remain the same, be modified, or discontinued. In either of these two roles, those involved in the evaluation may view the evaluator as either an advocate or a critic. This perception is based on how the evaluation has come about, what the outcomes of the evaluation will be, and the rapport that the evaluator establishes. Evaluators, however, should be neutral agents, focusing objectively on the merits of the project. Internal or external evaluators. Evaluation teams may be made up of either internal or external evaluators, or a combination of the two. An internal evaluator is an individual who is involved in the development and or implementation of online instruction and or works at the organization. The internal evaluator could be the instructional designer, the facilitator of the course, or an in-house administrator. An external evaluator has not taken part in the design or implementation of the course and does not work at the organization. This individual is considered to be independent of the host organization. Who will participate in the evaluation? A second part of identifying who is involved in the evaluation is to determine the evaluation participants or respondents. In other words, who will be asked to provide information about the online instruction? One group to consult with would be the experts, SMEs or instructional design experts, who are asked to review the course's content and instructional soundness. Another group would be individuals who have been directly or indirectly involved in the implementation and use of the online instruction. This group could be instructors, mentors, past and present learners, and support staff members and administrators. Gardenscapes. Continuing with the summative evaluation plan, Percy identifies the evaluators. Who are the evaluators? Percy is designated as the external evaluator of the summative evaluation. The chair of the CDE, Dr. Catherine Ford, approves the evaluation plans before the evaluation begins. Percy's summative evaluation plan will serve as a template for evaluating the other online courses that are undergoing review. Originally, it was suggested that Callie be an evaluator as well. However, because she is so closely involved with the design and implementation of Gardenscapes, Callie is designated as a resource during data collection instead of an evaluator. Expert reviewers are not used in this particular evaluation. The content is assessed based on the instructor and participant responses to survey questions, analyses of the discussions, and learner scores on the assessments. Percy asks past course participants and members of the current course offering to participate in this evaluation. Prior learners have been surveyed for their opinions about the course's content, instructional activities, and delivery. Percy observes a sample of the current participants' interactions during an activity. They in turn complete the performance assessments and an opinion survey, which are similar to those used in the past. The support staff at TLDC provides data on the technical applications and their tasks related to supporting the online instruction for the summative evaluation. What are the evaluation methods and tools? Throughout this last stage of the WBID model, data collection protocols are followed based on the evaluation questions and the preliminary plan. The methodology used in a summative evaluation may be similar to that used in the formative evaluation with the addition of conducting an evaluation study. See Appendix A for brief descriptions of methods and tools used for gathering data during a summative evaluation. In summative evaluation, data collection is typically focused on learner performance, as well as opinions about the content, delivery, and usability. For instance, data may be collected from performance measures, such as assessments, practice activities, surveys, interviews, and observations. Performance scores are used to infer how well learners have met the instructional goal and objectives. Learner perceptions, on the other hand, are used to evaluate the content, learning management system, or both. Additional data might be collected on navigating pathways, time on task, or other analytics available through an LMS, such as number of the individual interactions, group interactions, assignment tracking. Data from other individuals involved in online instruction, such as instructors, administrators, or managers, support staff, will help triangulate the data gathered from learners. 
Triangulation allows information to be verified by using multiple data sources or multiple methods or tools for data gathering. Triangulating data from various perspectives helps evaluators obtain accurate and appropriate data and assist decision makers in rendering a judgment of the online instruction's worth. Triangulation strengthens both the design and the information an evaluation yields. Data organization begins as soon as data collection starts. For example, categorization of technical problems, threaded discussions, or mentor emails can begin as soon as the data are collected. New data can be integrated into the categorization system. Quantitative data can be organized into spreadsheets or statistical programs in preparation for final data collection and analysis. It is important to provide careful documentation of this part of the summative evaluation plan. The documentation should explain what methods were selected and why they were chosen. Evaluators should state whether they developed or selected and possibly purchased the instruments, and when appropriate, place the actual instruments in an appendix. Evaluators need to reference the original instrument in their documentation and, if necessary, that permission was granted. Even when adapting an instrument from other sources, evaluators must reference the original. Gardenscapes. Percy identifies the methods and tools to be used for the summative evaluation. What are the evaluation methods and tools? Because of the lack of historical data, the preliminary plan indicated that a pre- and post-test design would be the main method for this evaluation. However, due to the extensive nature of a summative evaluation, other data collection methods are added. Opinion surveys, using questionnaires, to obtain information about ease of use and interest. This information is obtained from the instructor, participants, and the TLDC technical support staff. Observation of discussions and emails for a current course offering. Interviews with a random sample of participants from a current course offering. Percy's plan describes the methods and instruments. He includes copies of the instruments in an appendix. These questionnaires and observation checklists were used in the formative evaluation and are adapted for this evaluation. Percy provides a rationale for why he selected the methods and tools as part of the summative evaluation plan. This information also appears in the final report. Percy identifies and gives credit to Elliot as the author of the opinion questionnaire. How are the data collected and analyzed? There are two factors to consider in data collection. The first is to determine at what point during the life cycle of the online instruction that the summative evaluation should occur. As noted previously, the summative evaluation typically occurs after the online instruction has been implemented for a period of time. The timing of the summative evaluation depends on the online instruction's preliminary plan, organizational requirements, the project requirements, and the needs of stakeholders. Summative evaluation might be conducted at the end of the initial implementation or at the end of a semester, year, or some other cyclical time period. One way to determine when to conduct summative evaluation is to consider whether the final production is finished or the online instruction is no longer going through major revision. Another criterion is when online instruction has been delivered to a significant number of the intended audience. The second factor is the time frame of the actual data collection procedures following those similar to formative evaluation. See Chapter 5. The timeline includes identifying specific points to collect data, which may include when to administer questionnaires or assessments, observe course activities, or conduct interviews. For instance, the evaluator may decide to collect data only at the end of the course, at both the beginning and end of the course, such as pre- and post-assessment data gathering, or at additional designated points between the start and end dates of a course, or a repeated measures design. Time requirements must consider who will participate in this data collection, such as experts or course participants. Another consideration is gaining approval of the primary stakeholders and possibly the organization's internal research review board for the evaluation. Furthermore, data cannot be gathered until the instruments have been developed or purchased and permission for use received. Likewise, any required evaluator training in data collection methods or tools must occur. When determining the data collection timeframe, evaluators must allow enough time to code and analyze data. 
Depending on the methods and design of the evaluation, data analysis may begin at various points. Traditionally, analysis is conducted after the course has ended and all assignments or exams have been graded. However, with action research or qualitative methods, data collection and analysis may occur more or less simultaneously. Another aspect of timing is to provide enough time for the evaluator to write the final report and discuss the findings and general recommendations with the primary stakeholders. A Gantt or PERT chart can be a useful tool to identify the estimated and actual timeline for summative evaluation. On the timeline, the evaluator documents the proposed time frame for each procedure. Each of the tasks is described in the summative evaluation plan, and the order of those tasks is outlined to improve how the evaluation is carried out. When conducting the summative evaluation, the evaluator notes the actual time used to complete each task and any deviations from planned procedures, and explains in the final report why those changes occurred. Table 10.2 shows a sample Gantt chart that outlines a sequence of tasks often performed in summative evaluations. Specific tasks and their ordering will vary depending on the situation. Gardenscapes. Continuing his planning, Percy determines when to conduct the evaluation and outlines the procedure he uses to collect and analyze the data. When are data collected and analyzed? Consent forms containing an explanation of the evaluation study will be sent to learners who have previously taken the course and learners who sign up for the fourth offering of Gardenscapes. Learners in the current offering will receive the consent form in their welcome packet. The timing of the summative evaluation is short, and so the plan requires that data gathering materials are ready at the start of the current offering. The pretest will be administered at the beginning of the current offering of the course. Once the pretest is completed, current learners will gain access to the course. The summative evaluation timeframe coincides with the Gardenscapes course offering. However, data coding and analysis occur after the course has ended. Percy's plan allows additional time for data analysis, writing the final evaluation report, and communicating the evaluation results to the primary stakeholder. Using a Gantt chart, Percy reports proposed times for each task in terms of when the task takes place and the amount of time taken to complete it. How are the data analyzed and reported? Data can be analyzed and reported in a variety of fashions. Data analysis strategies should be based on the evaluation questions and the types of methods and tools selected, as documented in the Summative Evaluation Plan. For specific methods of analyzing data, refer to references on research or evaluation design and methods, such as Creswell, Fitzpatrick et al., Leedy and Ormrod, and Patton. Table 10.3 shows examples of types of data to collect and their sources. See Appendix A for additional information on data analysis methods. Reporting Evaluation Results a full summative evaluation report presents the procedures of data collection and analysis from the evaluation as it occurred. The body of the report is written in a similar format and sequenced to the planning document. However, even though it is similar, it should be a separate document. This process allows changes to the plan or procedures to be noted along with explanations as to why those changes occurred. The summative evaluation report provides results, such as descriptive statistics and frequency distributions of performance scores and opinion data. Inferences using statistics can be incorporated as well. If recommendations are to be provided, they are included after the results of the evaluation are stated. Finally, an executive summary is presented, highlighting the main points and findings of the evaluation. The executive summary is often placed at the beginning of the report, with the detailed full report following. An executive summary provides an overview of the evaluation, the results, and any recommendations to stakeholders to allow them to read the full report at their leisure or when they desire additional details on specific evaluation items. Table 10.4 provides tips for presenting data and reporting results. The written report can be enhanced using graphs and charts. 
Numbers can be visually depicted through charts, graphics, and tables. Calculations of performance gain scores, such as pre-test scores subtracted from post-test scores, or changes of opinion, subtracting pre from post scores, can quantify these performance or opinion changes. Examples of data presentations follow. Figure 10.3 is a sample line graph that displays learners' performance scores on a single test. Scores range from 100 to the low 60s. The purpose of this type of graph is to visually depict where the individuals scored in comparison to each other. In this example, learners generally performed well, with the majority of learners scoring above 80. Descriptive data of gain scores is about pre-test, post-test performance. Overall core scores and averages can be used to investigate how and if scores improve after the online instruction has been completed. In Figure 10.4, course averages and gain scores are presented. These data show that individuals in Course 3 exhibited the largest gain. They began the program with the lowest average pre-test score. An analysis of variance, ANOVA, or analysis of covariance, ANCOVA, could be conducted on the raw data to evaluate statistical significance. Survey data gathered through questionnaires can be reported as frequency and percentages in a table format. Learner perceptions are shown in Figure 10.5. In this example, the majority, over 90%, agreed or strongly agreed with the survey statements, which are presented in the left column. Regardless of the reporting techniques used, explanations of findings should be written and presented in a clear, concise fashion that showcases their meaning. Charts and graphics should display data that facilitates understanding of the findings and that can be used for widespread organizational distribution. Reports should highlight significant findings, statistical and otherwise, and offer judgments about the relative value of the online instruction, as determined by the summative evaluation purposes and request of the stakeholders. Gardenscapes Percy is conducting the summative evaluation of Gardenscapes, which has been taught three times, once in each of the past three terms. The course is currently in its fourth offering. How are the data analyzed and reported? Prior to Percy coming on board, Callie collected and archived data at the end of each of the past three course offerings. Data were collected from questionnaires at the end of each term. Data relating to performance scores were obtained. Registration data were collected through the LMS. Percy has been able to export the learner perceptions and performance data into a spreadsheet for statistical analysis. He begins analyzing and writing his report. To ensure that the evaluation is as free of bias as possible, Percy analyzes these data and collects additional data during the fourth course offering. Based on the questions and the data collected, he generates findings for these areas. Was the online instruction effective? Was the online instruction efficient? Was the online instruction appealing? Using the preliminary evaluation plan, Percy identifies the main questions on a chart. He aligns his data sources to these questions. To address the evaluation questions, Percy analyzes data using traditional qualitative and quantitative processes. Pre- and post-test scores are one data measure. Performance scores for the final product are included. He presents these scores in a table that identifies course averages, means. Retention is an important issue for CJC. Percy examines course retention rates because satisfaction is critical to a continuing education course. He pays special attention to learner perceptions and opinions. After completing his summative evaluation, Percy writes an executive summary of his findings and recommendations. First, he shares the complete report with Callie and Carlos Duartes. Percy has been able to export the learner perceptions and performance data from the current offering into a spreadsheet for statistical analysis and sets up a meeting to discuss the results. Once discussed and approved, he retains a copy for his own records. Callie and Carlos distribute copies to the designated stakeholders, such as Dr. Ford, chair of the CDE, and other CJC administrators as deemed necessary. An excerpt of the executive summary follows. In the four terms that Gardenscapes has been offered, 83 individuals successfully completed the course out of 101 who initially registered. See TCE Records 2016 on class size.
In general, attrition can be attributed to personal and or work-related reasons rather than dissatisfaction with the course. Learner performance was excellent. Due to the nature of the course, involving performance and explicit feedback, all learners who completed the course met the course requirements. Learners were highly satisfied with the course. 87% rated it above average or excellent. It is recommended that the course continue to be a part of the offerings of CDE. The following table depicts student enrollment, completion rates, and average scores. Percy included important findings based on the opinion questionnaire sent to learners. An excerpt of key items appears here. Summative Evaluation and Quality Frameworks An increasing number of organizations and institutions are using quality frameworks to improve the quality of the online courses that they design and offer. These quality frameworks are often a set of evidence-based standards or guidelines developed by organizations. For instance, Quality Matters, the Online Learning Consortium, and iNACAL are three quality frameworks to assist with developing high-quality courses, programs, and learning experiences for learners. Frameworks like these are used in various ways. For instance, some standards are used while designers design courses. Some are used to evaluate online courses once they are implemented, while still others are used after a course has been taught a few times, sometimes as a part of a summative evaluation. See Appendix B for various organizations with standards for quality online instruction. Wrapping up. The summative evaluation stage closes the loop to the WBID model by determining the value of the online instruction being implemented and used. Summative evaluation provides justification for whether the online instruction continues, is revised, or discontinued. A summative evaluation plan follows a format similar to a formative evaluation plan, except that the methods and tools may vary due to research design and methodology being used. Evaluators define the online instruction's purpose, the stakeholders, and materials to be used, the evaluators and participants in the evaluation, and evaluation methods and procedures. In addition, a timeline for data collection is developed. Finally, the procedures for data collection, analysis, and reporting are developed. Summative evaluation is conducted to address questions regarding whether the goals were met, the stakeholders were satisfied, and the online instruction was effective, efficient, and appealing. The report addresses these guiding questions to provide information to decision holders who will ultimately determine the fate of the online instruction. Extending your skills. Case study 1. K-12 schools. Half of the fifth graders in the Westport schools have begun using the web-enhanced instruction, which has been designed to help them develop inquiry skills. The main materials are online science case-based scenarios developed specifically for fifth grade. Stakeholders have requested that a summative report be presented to the school board during the fall term. In this time frame, half of the 5th grade students in the district schools will have participated in the WEI for the first half of the school year, and standardized test scores will have been delivered to the schools. Because the stakeholders want to see if the WEI makes a difference in student performance and science skills, scores of students in the WEI will be compared to those who have not yet completed the WEI. Students not yet receiving the WEI will receive this instruction in the second half of the school year. Megan Bifford has gathered data outlined in her summative evaluation plan. As she approaches the beginning of summative evaluation, she frames her investigation using the following evaluation question, which is of prime concern to the stakeholders. How did the WEI influence student performance? She uses student performance scores on classroom assessments and high-stakes tests to answer this question, analyzing scores for gains. In addition, Megan codes students as having gone through the WEI or not, and analyzes their scores statistically to see if there are significant differences between the two groups. In addition, Megan is curious to see if student motivation is affected by integrating technology, such as these online case-based scenarios, into the curriculum. Consequently, she asks the question, how is student motivation affected by the WEI? She interviews a purposeful sample of students and teachers to study their motivations. Students and teachers complete a questionnaire that was related to their motivations and perceptions. 
Following the protocol she established during formative evaluation, Megan submits written reports and summaries to stakeholders. This summative evaluation report of the first half of the school year was sent to and discussed with teachers and principals involved in the WEI as well as being checked for accuracy. Once finalized, the report is then sent to the district superintendent as well as to the school board members for their review. She will make herself available for questions at the district superintendent and school board meeting. Data analysis and reporting focuses on gain scores and student performance on standardized tests once all of the fifth grade students have been involved in the WEI and standardized tests are taken at the end of the school year. For questions on motivation, interview data were analyzed for themes and patterns, and Megan uses the questionnaire responses, frequencies, and percentages in her data analysis. Once the WEI is fully implemented in all schools, Megan will develop the final report to share with the stakeholders in the coming school year using the same process done in the first half of the year. She will generate a simplified version of the report to present at one of the school's PTA meetings. Case Study 2. Business and Industry Ira Bud Cottrell has hired an external evaluator, John Coxell, to conduct the summative evaluation of the new training initiative, the Web Enhanced Safety Training Program. Homer shares with John his preliminary summative evaluation plan and all of the initial data gathered during the analysis, concurrent design and development, and implementation stages, including performance score, training time, development costs, and plant safety information before and after the training. M2 has defined the parameters of the summative evaluation. 1. How does the training initiative affect plant safety? 2. What is the return on investment, ROI, of the training initiative? John reviews the evaluation questions and creates an evaluation planning worksheet to align the questions and data sources. He uses this worksheet as the basis for his contract with M2. He identifies additional data that he will need and who he will gather that data from. John submits the worksheet to Bud and Homer for approval. John makes a preliminary presentation to Bud and Homer within one month of the completion of the training program and subsequent distribution of data to John. A full report is made to the Board of Directors at the next regularly scheduled quarterly meeting after the preliminary presentation. Case Study 3. Military. One year after full implementation, the initial project is scheduled for summative evaluation. Fortunately, the original core staff and principals remain at TSC. Although some of the development team members have received transfer orders, their replacements are oriented to the project's planning and development through a review of the planning documents, historical briefings, and the documentation existing on the LMS. In fact, while awaiting summative evaluation, the team select follow-on projects for conversion and start the analysis and development cycles for these new products. Commander Rebecca Feinstein contacts Central Enrollment of Navy eLearning and receives a large quantity of usage, achievement, and satisfaction survey data from sailors who have completed the lessons. She requests data on the numbers of sailors who started the lessons but dropped before completion. Additionally, she sends out and receives command surveys from 50 major commands throughout the Navy. These commands are identified by the Unit Identification Code, UICs, of the individual sailors who took the online courses. The 50 UICs, or commands, with the highest number of completions are sent surveys. Commander Feinstein appoints Lieutenant Bob Carroll as the lead for the statistical analysis. His background in operational research and systems analysis from the Naval Postgraduate School makes him the obvious choice. Lieutenant Bob Corral consolidates his findings in a formal written report that is forwarded up the chain of command after a formal presentation to Captain Prentiss. As a result of the evaluation, the final recommendation is to continue the development of more lessons with the same format until all of the core courses are online. The evaluators make the following specific issues and comments. Sailors were pleased that they were able to access the instruction while on base and later finish up while at home. This capability received many positive comments. Though few videos were watched, those that were did not stream consistently. Attempts will be made to create shorter videos and reduce the video file size to reduce buffering. Navigation was generally considered simple and intuitive and the interface design made presentation of the material appealing. 
The 24-hour help desk proved extremely valuable, first for online technical issues and later for content-related questions. The feature Ask the Chief was particularly useful in answering content questions and it helped develop a sense of a learning community and infuse a Navy culture into the ongoing lessons. Case Study 4 Higher Education Dr. Joe Sean uses an evaluative study that compares his blended management course to on-campus versions of the course. He revises the opinion questionnaire form from the initial implementation for this study to compare demographics, technology skills, and student attitudes toward the course content, activities, and preferences. He uses extant data of course grades and scores on various tests and exams as part of the instruments for comparison with approval from the university's internal review board. Once the study is completed, Dr. Sean analyzes the data and then presents his results to his department chair, Dr. Amber Wolfgang. Data and recommendations focus on learner performance, satisfaction and motivation, and attainment of learning objectives. There were no significant differences in learner performance in the web-enhanced and face-to-face versions of the two offerings of the Advanced Management Leadership course, which is consistent with other research studies comparing student outcomes between course formats, and student satisfaction scores between the two course formats were also equivalent. However, students wrote comments that they enjoyed the convenience and flexibility of the blended class, and especially not having to come to campus every week. Based on the findings and Joe Sean's recommendations, the department faculty and administration decides to pursue enhancing the entire management program with blended or fully online instruction. These findings will become part of the accreditation documentation that technology is being integrated into teaching. The American Association of Collegiate Schools of Business, AACSB, the accrediting agency, will use this documentation for the college's review.